Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fix? Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier, and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real-time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash Modern Mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love Mama. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We are two modern mamas here to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, open minds, and joy, no matter your journey or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder and Indy Bow. I love outdoor adventure, good food, especially sourdough, and mindful movement. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, Enneagram coach, and mama to Bear and Camille. I'm passionate about helping people become the best versions of themselves. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. This is Jess, half of the hosts of the the podcast. Here today, we have a guest interview, which I'm really, really so excited to dive into. I know I say that about a lot of our guests, but honestly, this couldn't come at a better time. (laughs) For me personally, it always feels like the topics that I get to chat with experts about are so, so just divinely timed. And so I'm going to be talking with Lindsay for today. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dive into your situation. Oh, gosh. I try not to make each episode a personal, like, let's help Jess episode. But I feel like sometimes it's helpful to have like real life scenarios to kind of talk through. Because at the end of the day, while I may feel alone, and a lot of the things that I'm going through, I know I know that I'm not the only one. And yeah, so <laughs> absolutely. May as well may as well use your own stuff. It's, right. It, it is way easier when it's a specific example rather than just hypothetical situations. Absolutely. Well, before we jump in, I'm gonna introduce our guest to you and kind of introduce the topic. We're just jumping in because I know there's so much goodness here, but For those of you who don't know, Lindsay is a positive parenting coach and author of The Positive Parenting Framework, The Simple Guide to Let Go of Fear, Navigate Uncertainty, and Confidently Parent the Child in Front of You. She helps moms and dads get their kids to listen without yelling, threats, or bribes. Specifically, she loves to help moms who are using or trying to use, I'm raising my hand, positive parenting strategies, but still find themselves slipping into patterns and using tactics they're not proud of. Oh my gosh, I just want to like just be like, can you be my best friend and help me with it? <laughs> I have two kids. We'll we'll kind of d- dive into that. And they're radically different. And that that line that you said, confidently parent the child in front of you, I think is so, I don't know how intentional that was for you when you were choosing that title, but it's it's so apparent now that they're getting older, they're nine and six, how different they are. And how the tactics, quote unquote, or the way that I would connect with one doesn't always work with the other. Yeah, my same with my kids and they're similar ages, eight and six. So I get it. It it. is wild. (laughs) It is wild. And it causes you, I think sometimes with, well, I speak for myself. With my first, I was like, you know, we had our own struggles, but I was like, I got this. I, I have been through this before. I've been through this age. I've been through these struggles. I can do this with my daughter who's six. My son is nine. And it's just not the same, <laughs> which is kind of, it's like, oh man, like you feel like you've already been through the fire. And so you've earned some like, I don't know, some like veteran status. But the truth is, even though you've been through that with this particular kid, you've never been through it with the other, the kid. The- it's amazing how different it is from mm-hmm. child to child. And, you know, people kind of look at two kids being raised by the same parents and like, how are they so different? Well, because they're their own individuals yeah. and, you're, and you're, and you do have to show up differently for each of your kids mm-hmm. because because they are so different and your relationship with them is different. So. Oh my gosh. It, is that not the truth that I needed to hear this morning? So <laughs> let's kind of dive in a little bit. We So what I kind of 
envision for us today. There's so many different things I'm sure that you could lend your expertise to. But today, I think we're really going to dive through how to work through those parenting moments when we feel like we're going off the rails, right? Like this was me last night when I felt like I had exhausted every like tool, quote unquote, in my toolbox. I was like, you know, deep breathing for myself. I was removing myself from the room. I was trying to speak calmly and quietly to my child in this situation where it was so emotionally charged. I have one, both of my children are very emotionally expressive, right? Like, and in different ways. One is like, they're able to like talk to me and use words and kind of like explain the situation. The other one emotionally expressed like emotes essentially just like cry yell scream still both both are communicating yes they're very differently so yesterday was like this moment where I'm like okay I know this I know what happens I know what happens when they they get home from school there's a lot of emotions you know there was feedback from school and I'm trying to like you know help them process through this and I just it it wasn't it was working until it wasn't working, right? Until right. you're like, I've done everything I can. I'm speaking for myself. And then I explode, right? I stomp away. I start to yell. I'm like doing, I'm like literally observing myself in the moment. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to do this. And clearly this is not making the situation any better, like at all from for anyone. And it's just like, those moments where you're off the rails and you know this is not necessarily something that you want to be doing or acting or speaking, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about hopefully like why that happens, how it can escalate, what we can do along the way to you know kind of try and like diffuse the situation. And then also my hope is like what can we do afterwards? Because truthfully, and I know that you feel this, like even when we have all of these tools, quote unquote, in our toolbox and all of the knowledge and all of the deep desire to like positively parent. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I know that I won't be perfect in the future, right? Like I know there will come a time where I won't do it the way that I want to do it. And so hopefully we can talk about, you know, what happens when this happens again and how can we repair that connection? I mean, there's so many things I feel like. (laughs) <laughs> we could talk about, but what what to do when we we feel like we're failing in those moments that feel really important? We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be perfect, and especially I think there's a lot of fear in the positive parenting world of like there's more awareness of like you're gonna screw up or like the long term effects, and we're trying not to like damage our kids. And but we kind of forget that we are in a relationship with our kids, and that's gonna be no different than having a relationship with anybody else. Like there's going to be conflict. There's going to be different points of view. There's going to be moments where you're not in agreement. There's going to be moments where you're triggered by each other. And so you can go into this knowing that there's going to be those moments. And then, so I think the repair part is really important because, because not only are we teaching our kids how to repair, but it's essential because it's going to happen. Like we mm-hmm. can't just pretend it's not going to happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Please tell me all the answers. <laughs> oh gosh. I was literally last night I told my husband, I was like, I'm so looking forward to this podcast that I have tomorrow. I it just, I, I need it. And I know again, this is not the just show, like just to solve my problems. I know I'm not the only one just based on feedback that I've shared over time. So let's kind of dive in. But before we kind of get to the meat and potatoes, Tell us, like, I want to know more about you. Tell us about yourself, how you kind of got to this point where you're in this space, how you found this passion, and, like, why? Why are, Why is this the thing that you chose to make your, your thing? Yeah, and it's kind of funny because, you know, when I was a new mom, and I still even feel like this, like, parenting experts, like, who are you to tell me how to raise my child? And it's not that we don't need help, but, like, I really believe that, we as parents know our kids best and and we can take in all of the information from the experts, but at the end of the day, it's up for us to decide what feels right for our family. So I got into it, just I kind of stumbled into it. Like I mentioned, I have two kids. I am currently homeschooling. I also have done like the full-time working out of the house, kids in daycare, kids in school. I know what that's, that life's like too. But I got started 
teaching parenting just by kind of stumbling into it. I was struggling when my daughter was a toddler and my son was just a baby. It was really overwhelming. And all of the advice I was getting or reading about or sort of consuming, just it, a lot of it didn't feel right to me. And I eventually stumbled upon something called positive discipline. I had a blog at the time, so I was writing about what was working with my kid, just you know, not no intention of teaching anything, but I decided to get a certification in it. So part of that certification, I had to teach a class. So I gathered my friends together and we had a wine and cheese night and I held my first parenting class and I loved it. So I eventually left my full-time job and now I get to work with parents through one-on-one coaching and through my parenting mastery program. So it was really just kind of this this evolution. And one thing I feel like had been missing or what I really struggled with when I was sort of taking in some of the advice from parenting experts and even like the super gentle ones, I just, I think we write or like, you know, parenting experts write about sort of in an ideal scenario and like, you know, this is, we're supposed to validate feelings. We're supposed to have all the time and patience in the world. And I was always just like, but in real life, I need to get out the door. And how do I just like get them out the door and make them listen? And so from my perspective and how I teach parenting, it's like doing it in this, like getting getting comfortable with the fact that you're not always going to have all of the answers at your fingertips. You're just, you're learning over time with your kids. You're learning how to be in a relationship with your kids and you're figuring things out over time. So there's a lot of compassion and understanding in what I teach. And I'm just helping parents basically identify like how they want to parent and then how to align their real life parenting with that. Oh my gosh. I think that's so, that resonates deeply with me. I've been, so as I mentioned, my kids are nine and six. And when I first started on my parenting journey, I wasn't really aware like of these concepts of like positive parenting. You know, a lot of the conversations that my husband and I had had was, you know, I mean, our kiddo was young, but it was like more traditional discipline in a way, like, you know, what our parents did, because that's, I think yeah. ultimately like sometimes what we default to when we don't know, it's like, well, this is just the way that I was raised. Yeah. So we're going to do it this way. And then it wasn't until honestly that I started the podcast with my friend Laura that we started to have more and more guests come and speak on these these ideas of positive parenting. And it's always been so wonderful. And, you know, we've had like experts who talk about aware parenting and, and you know, incorporating that from the very beginning. And I never really got the chance to do that with my kiddos. But at the same time, at the end of the day, I've loved, I've taken something from everyone that we've talked to, but I also find it so hard to be like, this is the be all end all, like, yes, of this is exactly what we're going to do. You know, these are the tactics we're going to use. This is the school of thought. Like I identify as this type of parent because it's so, it's like, it's hard to discount your own experiences like your own like biases your like your your own lived life and family of origin like there's so much that goes into it and I love the idea that you've kind of talked about like come up with how you want to parent how you you know envision that and then kind of like making it unique to your yourself I don't know does that does that resonate (laughs) Yeah, no, no, totally. Because yeah, we have our, we have our family of origin. We all have our lived experiences. We're taking in the world differently than anybody else. Like, so, so we are unique in our perspective. We might share a lot of similar Mm -hmm. thinking and concepts and then our child is unique. And, and there's something to be said for listening to I guess all of the advice that you're consuming and then really turning inward Mm -hmm. into your intuition, your instincts, and just feeling your way into what might work for your family and then trying it out and see Mm -hmm. how it feels as you're trying it out and knowing that no decision is ever permanent. You can, you can change and adapt and, and that really enables you to then show up for each of your children almost individually, even though you're going to do similar things, but you can intuitively know that your one child's going to need maybe more like hugs and snuggles in certain moments. And then your other child's just going to need some more space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. It totally oh my gosh. Me. So great. Okay. 
So before before we also get into kind of like, and again, I'm happy to volunteer my selfish tribute to kind of walk through this scenario that <laughs> occurred, but I also want to give kind of catch the listeners up to speed. I know we've talked about the idea of positive parenting before on here, but it's been a while and honestly not, we don't talk about it frequently enough. So can you kind of give us a little brief refresher on like what is positive parenting, what that can look like as a parent and like a family unit and maybe, you know, in that vein, how it might differ from some more traditional parenting approaches that people might be using or like be exposed to. Sure. It's, there's no like set definition. So it's just like kind of this umbrella term. So I'll just share my perspective on it. So basically under positive parenting, there's no punishment. So nothing like involving pain, no shaming, no blaming, no spanking, no yelling, no threats, no using bribes, even um, no arbitrary consequences, no timeouts. So you're just kind of like, you know, all of your traditional stuff, you're just like, okay, cut that all out. And like, what's left here? <laughs> so it's basically, you know, we've been conditioned and taught to believe in our culture that a negative behavior needs to be met with a negative consequence and a positive behavior should be reinforced in a positive way, either rewards, praise, all of that stuff. But positive parenting is really based on this idea that your child does not need to suffer to learn. And really, they're learning how to behave properly. So it's a learning process. And every time your child is acting out, they're telling you something. So we can use all of the, you know, quote unquote, negative behaviors as teaching opportunities to teach our child how to behave in those situations instead. So really, we're building skills over time, and we're doing so in a respectful way. Mm, Okay. Well, as you're reading off that list of things not to do, I was thinking to myself, well... I, d- I don't think I can consider myself a positive parent because I've done those things at one point in time. <laughs> well, and I think <laughs> my journey and me too. And, and still sometimes I default to those in when I'm really stressed out. So mm-hmm. I don't, don't think it's like you're either po- a positive parent or you're not. Mm-hmm. I think generally, you know, there's this premise and this goal we're working towards of trying to be more respectful and trying to get rid of those old patterns, but we don't ever have to be perfect in that because we are learning. It's it's a skill we are learning too. And it's going to happen over time. And our kids, as they grow and as they learn new things and as we're facing new situations together, you know, there's going to be things that come up throughout our relationship together with our kids that are going to trigger us in different ways that are going to make us feel insecure, that are going to just like hit on all of the things inside of us that you know, make us go back to that like little child version of ourselves that has the tantrum and just screams, I don't want to and blah, blah, blah. Like, so it's never about, in my mind, it's never about being perfect and fitting a certain mold. It's more like aspirational. And this is what we are trying to achieve over time. I love that. Hey friends, Laura here, popping in real quick to talk about Paleo Valley. Should come as no surprise that I love this company. I've been using them since well before Evie was born and now all the way through motherhood, travel, second pregnancy, Indy's birth, and beyond. And today I want to talk specifically about the organ complex. I have found that this product has been the single most beneficial supplement for my postpartum experience. It's helped with recovery. It's helped nourish me deeply. There, in my opinion, is no stronger superfood than grass-fed organs. And this pill makes them easy to take palatable and simple to get that deep, deep nourishment. You can save 15% off any Paleo Valley order with code ModernMamas at checkout or simply go to paleovalley.com slash ModernMamas. Happy nourishing. When I think about my own journey, I think how that, yes, there are definitely times where I've used like, a, you know, even like probably in the last like week, a bribe or like a consequence, like a negative consequence for a negative behavior. And I like to think of myself, again, like you said, not necessarily 100% perfection in all of these things that, but the more I get along in the journey, the less I use those things and the less I rely on them in my moments where I'm like tired, overwhelmed. Like it's just kind of like a spectrum for me where I'm constantly moving towards like a more solid version of positive parenting, like mm-hmm. in most moments. And that is great for me, right? Yeah. Because the other, like the opposite in the spectrum is where I'm moving away from 
like the things that are ideally what I would like to be doing in more moments than not I'm using those things that like and again like it's just it's not necessarily like I don't want to again and for me like I don't want to judge my even myself for using those things like those are the part of the things that I grew up with when in my moments that are I'm most stressed like those are my defaults when I can't even tap into like mm-hmm. calm or patience but I know at the end of the day and I feel this you know after a certain like incident it's like man I didn't really want to do that and that didn't actually even work like it didn't work for me and it didn't work for my kiddo who's now like you know crying and you know right. feel, feeling ashamed of their behavior so I don't know that's kind of a little tangent but I, I identify with that because as someone who is a perfectionist it can feel so defeating when these instances happen, when I quote unquote mess up or, you know, it's just, right. it's so hard, you know, sometimes it's hard to recover. Well, and, and like, I really encourage people to think of it like more like one of those stock market graphs where like your trajectory is on the right path, mm-hmm. but there's going to be lots of ups and downs. And sometimes there's going to be some big down moments and some big up moments. And all of the situations where we feel like we've failed That's just, you know, we're getting information in that. We're learning what's working, what's Mm -hmm. not. We're learning where, you know, we've gone way past our, you know, point of exhaustion or overwhelmed. And it could have nothing to do with our kids. Often Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with Mm -hmm. our kids. They're just like the thing that sets us over the edge. But all of that, we're just gathering feedback. And parenting is is a process and it's a learning process and that is part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so good. So what do we say, what would you so maybe someone's listening and and maybe they this is the first time they've heard of positive parenting or you know they're really interested in kind of moving that graph toward like an upward pr- trajectory but they're not really sure like where to start. What like what are some small ways or, you know, approaches that they can start to integrate some of your favorite, like, positive parenting concepts into their parenting style? Oh, that's, I mean, there's so many good, (laughs) good things. For me, I would say even just the idea of connection before correction. So, Basically, like with our kids' brains and, and and adult brains too, but when we're stressed out, when there's a tantrum going on, when there's anger going on, they're in almost like a flight or fight mode. Mm-hmm. They're using the, the downstairs part of their brain, their reptilian part of their brain, their survival mode. So if you think about that part of the brain, it's like almost in this like heightened response because there's danger, even though it's not danger, but it's, that's like the brain function that's going on. So when we connect with our child, we, we validate their feelings, we hug them, we show understanding, we're signaling to their brain that it's safe and they can calm down and that fight or flight response can settle. And then after everything is calm, then we can move into more of a correction phase if needed. But the idea of connecting with your child, I think, is a really, really great starting point. And that feels, in, you know, depending on how you were raised, that feels really counterintuitive because many of us were raised of like, okay, your child's having a tantrum or acting out that needs to be stopped. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just their you know, their, their brain functioning in a way that's like fight or flight response. And we can, we can be that calming energy that calms them down and gets them out of that, that state. And then we can move into any other correction if needed. So that's my, that's probably my recommendation for where to start. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And honestly, I wish I would have listened to that yesterday. So <laughs> Can, are we are you ready to kind of dive into this scenario? <laughs> let's let's do it. Okay. So, first and foremost, I really really feel like I should have used that approach yesterday. So, just to kind of unwind, and this is again like it's intricate, right? It's so complex. Like uh, given a different day, things might have unfolded like yeah. very very differently, but So what happened was, so I have two kiddos, nine and six. The nine-year-old is a boy and he is, you know, he was a, he was a very spirited child, like toddler. And Mm -hmm. as he's grown, he's become a lot more like emotionally 
let's say, just able to communicate with his words really, really well. He is very, he's still very, I hate using the word emotional to describe, to describe either of them, but like, he's a sensitive kiddo. And my daughter was a really chill baby. And we were like, yes, this is going to be so great. And as she found her like voice, boy, did she find it. So she is incredible. They're both incredible children. I feel like I shouldn't have to preface that. But, you know, I just want that to be known. I love them both dearly. They're unique. Uh, You know, there are wonderful, beautiful things about each of them. For me, because of who I am and my triggers and the way I was raised and the, the messages that I was told as a kid, it's much more difficult for me in the moment to respond to my youngest who it's almost every situation is like immediate tears and like crying like uncontrollably like it's like an almost an out of proportion response to every challenge that she faces and so for me it has been one of the most like the biggest learning thing as a parent is like how do I make it through these moments that are constant right so anyways, they, you know, I picked him up from school yesterday and there was feedback from the teacher that my daughter wasn't listening at school and that they were causing disruption with a very particular, very good friend of hers and that they were going to have to separate them at school so that they could work, get their work achieved. Well, immediately, like she's, you know, the teacher's telling me this and I get into the car and I haven't even said anything and there's tears, 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 tears. And I'm like, is you know, do you want to tell me what happened? And, you know, she, her things like, I don't want to be separated from her friend. And, and then my son, you know, who's quieter, I asked him what's, you know, are you okay? Cause he looks sad and he's like, I have homework. So they both are just like, just, it's yeah. been, a, it's been a day for them both. So all the way home, there's crying and tears. And I'm telling myself, I did actually pause. I was like, I'm not going to you know, talk about the, I'm not going to talk to Camille, my daughter, about the correction. Like, I'm not going to say, you know, Miss Marsha told me this and you you should know better and little that. Like, I'm not going to do that. We're going to wait till we get home. But it just kept escalating and escalating. Every time I would try and bring up a conversation, I couldn't, like, help her. And I even was like, do you want me to hold, like, do you want to sit in my lap? Do you want space? And she's just she's emoting the whole time and and you know meanwhile in the background my son's like slamming things around because he doesn't want to do his homework and he's upset and it was just it was a mess without going into every single detail like finally I was like you know this is ridiculous like you're at school to learn and you're not there to play and I'm like you have homework because you didn't get it done in class like this is a consequence of not getting your work done and so it just escalated from there where I was like I can't hold this together anymore. I can't believe we're still, you know, an hour later, like we haven't done anything and we're still crying. So that's kind of just airing my dirty laundry and like my dark side out to all of our listeners. (laughs) It's like, I definitely did not respond the way that I should have. And it just, you know, it got worse and worse from there. So what are your thoughts? (laughs) Can you wave a magic wand and fix me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, They've just gone back to school, right? Right. It's well, it's been about I think this is their fourth week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back to school earlier than here. Yeah. But like back to school seasons like a really emotional yeah. emotional time. So they're they're going to a place and there's all these different rules and expectations and every teacher that comes into their classroom has slightly different like nuanced ways of doing things and they're learning essentially how they need to behave. And oftentimes kids will sort of hold all of their emotions in at school because they're trying to get along with friends. They're trying to follow what the teachers are doing. They're like, they're trying to do all of the things that are expected of them Mm -hmm. and they hold it together. And then after school, they, you know, see mom, and everything just like, like, blah, just like yeah. comes out. And it's this, it's this weird thing or like, it's not weird, but it's, it's kind of unfair to us as parents because like we're their safe space mm-hmm. to just like un- unleash everything. And we get like, we get it all. Mm-hmm. So there, there might be some of that going on because school, you know, they are le- there to learn, but they're also kids and they want to play and that's a higher priority for them mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they, 
they don't want to do homework and they don't want to do the things because who would want to do more? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's like, as I'm saying these things, I'm like, of course you don't want to do this. But like, this is, I, it's like, how do you juggle that like responsibility? Like, I don't know. It's yeah. So well, hard. and, and this is just like the messy stuff because mm-hmm. I wish I could say like, do this strategy mm-hmm. with your daughter and this one with your son and then everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's really just like understanding that they're going to have days where they're just going to let it out and you're going to have to do everything in your power just to like keep yourself grounded. So because what happens is when we're around people who are upset, we tend to get more upset. Mm-hmm. And then when we're around people who are calm, we tend to get more calm. So it's like we bounce our energies off of each other and there's you know, there's mirror neurons which are in our brains that we're kind of like mirroring each other and For us as adults, we have these fully developed brains and that we're able to regulate our emotions better than our kids. That's not to say that we are perfect. And I think when we lose it, it's really helpful to understand that we are also having our own version of a tantrum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And that can sometimes just help us have more compassion for our kids who are going through their own emotions and their own tantrums. But the thing with emotions is... They're they're like waves. They're going to come in and then they're going to go. So it's just, they're not necessarily something to be feared. I think we forget that because of how we are brought up and how society kind of expects our kids to behave and expects us to behave. And a lot of us weren't allowed to feel our own emotions as kids. And we don't have a lot of, we have some capacity for it, but it just, it feels really overwhelming and uncomfortable to us. So I think like in terms of, you know, asking your daughter in that situation, like what happened at school, was it like, was it important that uh, that conversation happened yesterday? Mm -hmm. Can it wait even a few days? Like not everything needs to be solved Mm -hmm. in the moment. And offering compassion, offering validation, and then just, and and firmly holding some boundaries. So even with your son with the homework, like, yeah, it has to get done and it sucks. And maybe after school, if it's a struggle to move right into something like that, then maybe you have some time where you spend just the three of you doing something fun, even if it's for like five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm just to connect, just to kind of ground yourselves and then and then move on to whatever needs to get done. But sometimes that connection piece of just like, yeah, settling into a pattern of like, okay, we don't need to just keep rushing and keep sprinting. We can just have a moment of fun. And sometimes it could be just something like putting on a, some music and dancing, like moving your body because then it's, you can release some of that pent-up emotional energy just by moving your body you don't always have to like talk through and process emotions oh my gosh so much goodness in that whole kind of just feedback that you gave there and I think just to note like I think 100% I could have you know in those moments like we think we need to resolve this right away you know, whatever it is. And especially me, because, you know, a little bit of insight into me, I don't know how well, you know, the Enneagram or anything like that, but I am so uncomfortable by conflict. And sometimes it's not even conflict, like true conflict, conflict. It is like emotions that are perceived as like, these are not peaceful emotions. These are hard. Mm -hmm. This is conflict. My brain like views it as like, this is not good. People are not happy. And what do I have to do? to as quickly as possible make sure that this is like a peaceful environment again. And I think one of the like greatest tool or one of the biggest lessons that I have to learn as a parent, and I'm sure many of us do, is that like it's not always going to be peaceful. It doesn't always have to be resolved right away. Like you said, emotions are not bad <laughs> because I was definitely one of those kids where it was like you're seen and not heard. You don't talk back to me. Like you, if you want to cry, like go to your room and cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Like, so it was like, "Mm, mm, like, mm, like, I'm just, I'm going to like sit here and just 
cry on the inside, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's definitely a learning process. And it's, I think that's so powerful. And I think if I could rewind the clock, I probably would go back and just do exactly what you said, not necessarily address it right away, you know, have some connection time and, you know, then proceed with like doing what needed to be done, like the homework or having that conversation with Camille, my daughter. And it's so interesting that you talked about, and I'm sure we'll talk about this as well, but like later that night, you know, the the whole evening continued. It wasn't all horrible. <laughs> and I hate even saying horrible. Like that's, that's not the description. It wasn't all challenging. There were yeah. definitely good moments, but you know, for the most part, it, it ended up, it was, it was pretty hard for everyone to kind of dysregulate from, or like to, you know, yeah, to regulate ourselves. But at the end of the evening, my kids were like, can we have a dance off? Mm. And I was like, you know, it was late. They need to brush their teeth. They, they needed to be in bed. But I was like, I'm going to say yes, because they love this and it's fun. And they need to like, I don't know, just like get the energy out. Right. And so we yeah. had a dance off and it was great. And we all laughed and it was, it was fun. And I just think, you know, without even intentionally, you know, knowing that that would have been helpful, it was like, okay, let's do it. They asked for it, right? I think that's so interesting. It seems counterintuitive because you're like, things are going sideways and our, mm-hmm. our natural reaction is almost to like, when things are out of control, we want to start mm-hmm. like control, mm-hmm. but we, we, sometimes we just need to, to pause it and do a dance party. I find too. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, we're like, cause we're, we're homeschooling right now. And sometimes we have days where there's just a lot of resistance and I'm like, okay, we're putting our stuff away. We're going to the park mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's not a reward. It's just like a break all of us need because we're like, we can't get out of this, whatever pattern we're stuck in. And we're just like, okay, we need to go out. We need to either go on a bike ride. We need, we need to get outside. Getting outside mm-hmm. is super helpful as well. Oh my gosh. That is so good. Okay. Question. Men, maybe you have a child like this. I mean, you could speak to personal experience or just parents that you've worked with before. But what what are some ways in which we can, like you, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like our children are so radically different. And some, it feels like, you know, we're the same parent. <laughs> we've parented our children in probably much the same way in general, but like they're just two different kiddos. And so what are there any tools t- to connect with a particular child who maybe seem seems just out to defy? <laughs> like, if you say the sky is blue, they're like, no, it's green. If you're like, you know, you love chicken. They're like, no, I hate chicken. You know, like, h- how do you, is there any sort of coping tool or way to connect with a child who seems just constantly ready to be oppositional? is there any way you could bring some silliness into that? Like if it's something like, you know, obvious, like your example of the, you know, the sky, the sky is blue. No, it's, it's red. Oh, huh. Like, I think, I think it's purple. No, I think it's like, can you bring some like silliness into it? Cause sometimes, I don't know, some kids really like, if you, start to almost make fun of them, Mm. they'll react really funny. And then other kids will just be like, no. So like, it's not a strategy for for every child. But I wonder if you could just bring some some silliness into it of, or, or even just not engaged. I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, what else? <laughs> oh man. I feel like I've tried multiple combinations of that. And it's like, you know, more practically, like the situation is we've got a toothpaste, right? I'm just thinking, I'm sure parents can relate. Like oh, we've got a toothpaste and we've been using this toothpaste for months. And then one day it's like, this toothpaste is so like, so gross and it's odd I hate it I don't want to run it it's like what <laughs> like you just my my impulse is like you just used this toothpaste this morning right and it was fine like what's the deal and so I, I've done the like silliness and I've also done the like kind of trying to ignore but I also have the child that's very persistent will follow me around and be like I don't like this toothpaste I don't I don't like it like <laughs> you know just around the house in different spots like what are you gonna do how yeah. are you going to respond? Like, respond to me. Acknowledge me. Like, it's almost like they, it, this 
particular child expects me to like have a certain response or like yeah. seeking it, you know, like yeah. it, it's so hard and very triggering. They, d- they do do that. So they're, they, sometimes they will be, I'll say intentionally oppositional, but it's not really, it's not like this calculated evilness mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. It's more like, you know, kind of when you're like, you've had a bad day and you're just kind of irritable and you're just like, almost like picking a fight mm. with your spouse or mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. you, you have some emotions to get out and you're not really sure like what you need or what you're, what you're, yeah, what you're needing yeah. or how to articulate it. But it's almost like they need like a breakdown. They yeah. need some tears to come out. They need like, they need that, that like pent up energy to come out. And so they will like, try they intentionally pick fights or they'll they'll yeah so that's that's a real thing so sometimes it's it might have to escalate to a point of a meltdown mm-hmm. in order for it to to resolve itself mm-hmm. it's all like a light bulb like moment right now because my husband and I have talked about like it's almost like our daughter I I would say she cries every single day and she's six and I like in my like rational brain I'm like She's six years old. She's learning how to like navigate the world. Like she is just doing her best. And her teacher even said, because we had a conversation on the phone yesterday, she was like, you know, I was expressing some concerns, some of the things that Camille had said. And so I had this conversation. I wanted to try and find a solution for Camille at school. And she was like, Camille is not like this at school. Like she is like not crying. She is very focused. Like she's, you know, really like not like you're describing her because I was like, we're having a really hard time because she's really having a hard time after school. And then it just made me think, because my husband and I have talked, like it's almost like she has, she needs to cry. Yeah, (laughs) Like she has to get these emotions out. And it all kind of came together yesterday because I was like, she's probably spending so much time trying to keep it together and, you know, follow the rule, quote unquote rules and like do what she needs to do at school that like, which she just needs a release. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. My daughter is exactly the same way. Just like she want like she was this perfect little angel at school. Mm-hmm. Like teachers always said, "Oh, she's so like she's studious. She wants to do her best. She's like she hates making mistakes." Mm-hmm. So like she's but then like after school is just like disaster. Mm-hmm disaster so yeah that's that's the more you talk about it the more it's just sounding like she needs to just have a good outlet of energy and that doesn't have to be crying it doesn't have to be a big meltdown although it can be and if she is already expressing those tears then then almost like encouraging that Mm -hmm. of just like it's okay just just let it let it out and the other thing depending on how well she could write she could even just like if she's pissed off about the toothpaste, why don't you go write write down all the reasons you hate the toothpaste, or like how like all your grievances towards me for for making the making you use the toothpaste, and then it's like a it's an outlet. It's an outlet, but it also slows it down because it yeah. takes a while to to write it. Have you heard of Foria? It's a company that is loved far and wide by folks who've had their sex lives transformed by these holistic, powerful products. And now I see why. They've been especially wonderful through this postpartum period for me when a little extra lubrication is key. Rusty and I have used the Intimacy Sex Oil with CBD and it's the perfect lube to provide all natural moisture with 400 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD to enhance arousal, soothe and excite. We also love the Awaken Arousal Oil. And of course, all four of your products are free of added chemicals and only made from two organically grown ingredients. And you know what's sexy? discomfort-free, top-notch, pleasurable intimacy. I want to be totally honest, being married 10 years plus two kids later, sex and intimacy has definitely seen its ups and downs for us, but there's no shame in exploring different ways and products that enhance our sexual experiences, which is why we're so excited to announce we're partnering with Foria, a company using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. We are all about the Awaken Arousal Oil with CBD, which is a topical oil to enhance pleasure, discomfort and help increase sensitivity for people with vulvas that's me you can use it solo or with a partner and it is next level sexy time has definitely leveled up over here 
Plus, CBD used topically helps increase blood flow, relax muscles, and ease tension, and manage discomfort gently and naturally. All around wins. So awesome. Friends, I can't recommend Foria enough. I think it's time to treat yourself to deeper, fuller pleasure and connection, both on your own and with your partner. And these products are your ticket to all of that. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com forward slash modern mamas or use code modern mamas at checkout. That's F O R I A wellness.com forward slash modern mamas for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. I think that's such a good and honestly, I kind of yesterday, I think she was doing that on her own. She has this little kitty journal and I saw her after kind of everything had settled down. She was like writing in it. And then like my husband had put it away in her room and she's like, where's my journal? And my husband, Tim was like, well, I put it in your room. She's like, you didn't look at it. Did you? <laughs> he's like no he's like I kind of want to now I wonder what she was writing in there like I I think naturally like she and maybe other parents I, I'm sure other parents have kiddos like like my daughter and your daughter etc but like just very expressive kiddos and just needing a a way to express themselves and their frustration and their emotions without necessarily not that again like you're saying not that the crying is bad but like there are alternative ways it doesn't have to be the the only way every time they just need an like a way to get those emotions out right like I just I think that's such a good point and I don't know I mean would you it's my I guess the flip side of that is as someone who finds it difficult to hold space for a long period of time it's like almost like I can feel the cortisol level rising when I hear my child crying. It's like this natural instinct. It's like when of your course. child is crying, just- you're like, what's the matter? Like, I need to fix this. Like, I can't handle it. Like, something's wrong. And how do we as parents, because I think a lot of parenting is really like trying to figure out your own triggers and how to control Absolutely. yourself. Mm-hmm. How, like, do you have any suggestions about in those moments because for the first five minutes, you might be fine, right? Like, you're like, I got yeah. this. I am so great at this. I can sit here. I can hold the space for my kid. And then as it goes on, as it can sometimes tend to do, things, again, go off the rails. Like, what can we do as parents or caregivers to get through those, like, ride the waves, essentially? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned breathing earlier, and that's a really great one. But sometimes, sometimes we just don't want to take a deep breath. <laughs> Or we've already tried that and we're, mm. we're, it's, 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 you know, raising our, our heart levels and our cortisol levels. Like you said, I really like some of the, you know, I said, you know, put on some music and dance. Some of the more physical things are what I find really helpful in those moments where you've kind of done the logical things you've done, like all of the things in your thinking brain. But sometimes you just, you're having the, like your child, the emotions are just like being pent up and they're like just simmering there about to explode out. So why not let them out? So even just like stomping your feet and like stomping your feet, shaking your hands and just kind of going like, like yelling, <laughs> at them, like not yelling at your kids, but just like getting like a yell out sometimes is like really really helpful. Another one, if you don't, if you don't want to like, you know, physically be loud is putting your hands over your mouth and silently screaming into your hands. Cause you're getting kind of like your body, like the energy in your body into it, but, and it's like a silent scream and it's just, there's, it's some, it, there's some fun ways to kind of, it, it, it's all energy, right? Mm-hmm. So you're just, you're getting it out. So some of those more physical ways I find helpful when you're struggling with some of the more intellectual ways. Another one that comes to mind is just even just like narrating what's going on out loud. So it's kind of like, you know, your daughter writing down all of her grievances, but it's like, okay, my my daughter is in tears on the floor and over this and I see my son over there really upset and I'm really like and just because you're talking through it out loud and not necessarily to them or anyone in particular but to yourself but you're kind of just like slowing down 
the the process mm-hmm. in your in your mind just by having to articulate it out loud because because oftentimes what's happening inside of us is it's just kind of like simmering and it's getting faster and our anxiety is going up and it's just it's getting faster. So if you can slow it down just by speaking out loud, what's going on. And even like, if it's not related to the situation, I have dinner to get ready. I'm pulling out the, the, you know, beef from the fridge or like whatever it is. And it just kind of can help to slow things down. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I think I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that the next, which I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure it will be soon. I'm sure I'll we'll have hopefully to. Hopefully not today. Yeah, hopefully not today. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have an opportunity at some point soon to engage those. those. And I, I just think that's so, I think that's crucial, right? It's like, yes, we, we can teach our kids all these things. But at the end of the day, too, like there's so much, so much that we can do to deescalate the situation. Because like you said, I already felt myself getting worked up in the car like mm-hmm. elevated because the teacher's talking to me and it's like all these things like I don't want to get I, like I feel like I'm getting in trouble and like yeah I was you gonna know? I was gonna bring that up because because we do we feel like we're getting in trouble from the teacher it kind of brings right. us back to our school or our school days yeah and it's like she wasn't intending to shame me but in my brain I'm like guilt and shame like what did I do like my to my kids not listening and like now I gotta go and I've gotta like you know get these kids in line, right? Like, and so what you had mentioned earlier about like calm people, calm people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, if I can just get my, try and try and try to kind of repeat that in my mind, like try and get to a place where you're more calm. I know that that would translate to my kiddos. I I know that they can feel that. And it's like facing your own insecurities and our own insecurities as parents. So if like our, if the teacher is, you know, we are feeling you know, shamed, even though it's not intentional, like that's triggering on something inside of us Mm -hmm. that, you know, might be worth looking at, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it mean about us if we have a child that's, you know, not listening in the classroom or what, like, does it reflect on us? Mm -hmm. Can we like detach that, detach from that of like, okay, so our child's, you know, not listening in the classroom, that doesn't mean they're failing. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean like Mm -hmm. we it's interesting where our brain goes when we really like turn and look at the thoughts that mm-hmm. come up and the feelings that come up and just like reflecting on, you know, the the meaning that we attach when we have a child that is, you know, not doing what the teacher wants, because really, is it a big deal? Right. Totally. And in the scheme of things, it was like, we're just, I mean, there was nothing, nothing super, like it was, Nothing bad, really. It was just, hey, this is what's happening. Here's how we're going to solve it. So everyone can learn better. It's like, okay, great. Like, you know, yeah. but it's, but again, that triggered response. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, still t- it's still touching on something right. inside of you, and it would me too. And mm-hmm. and that's helpful too because then that's just an added. So you so you have that, and then you have your kids both having their own versions of, of meltdowns, and that's – that's a, that's a that's a lot. Yeah. Oh, and not to mention it's like you're your own person who, you know, just insight into my day that day. It's like we just replaced our our air conditioning unit. We had just we have to replace the brakes in our car. Like all of these other things that I had been like handling throughout the day in my own like yeah. struggles. And it's like this perfect storm. It was just Yeah. It was like it just wasn't primed and ready. So to kind of wrap it up, like I was gonna say, maybe you just all needed to have a meltdown. Yeah, then. I think we but. all needed it. I I really do. Was, was I proud of my response? No, but like, let's talk about after that. How do we proceed? Like, you know, you know, after we've had the big blow yes, up at our kids. Yes. How can we proceed? How do we repair? How do we try and just mm-hmm. know, get connected again? Well, I mean. I'm always a big fan of apologies. I think I think apologizing to your kids is totally fine because like when they see us like having our own meltdowns and our own mess ups and not handling things perfectly, like that gives them permission to not be perfect. Mm-hmm. And that helps them learn how to handle it when they screw up too. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, apologizing and talking through what happened of like, hey, I was really triggered by what happened and not doing it in a way that's like saying, 
you did this and therefore like I had this because of you, but it's like, okay, here's what's going on inside of me. And I'm going to try to do this next time. So I'm going to try to next time I'm going to try to walk away sooner. Or next time I'm going to try to scream into my hand when I get Mm -hmm. frustrated or, or whatever it is. And then, so just, I think just really like talking through what happened and then maybe like how you would do things differently, because this is all about us not only learning, but it's teaching our kids how to handle it when they screw up because they're going to have conflicts all of their life and learning how to deal with conflicts and emotional triggers and all of that stuff are are skills they're going to learn too. I love that. And we in our house apologize often, constantly, like Tim and I, my husband are you know, it's like we've had a day, we put the kids to bed and maybe we're still kind of like that, but then they go to bed and we're like, I need to go back in there and like, just say that I'm sorry and Mm -hmm. give them a hug, you know, like, and I can't tell you how many, I would say like probably three or four nights of the week, one of us is going back in there and being like, it's, you know, I'm sorry that we yelled today. Like, you know, (laughs) and I think it's so important because specifically because I don't I cannot remember a specific instance where my parents ever apologized to me for anything that you know was not saying like their fault but like anything that, that potentially needed an apology. Like this just never happened. It was just like that's just the way it is. Like I'm the parent, you're the kid and my way is the right way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love just to kind of tie it back in. It's like so one of the things you said earlier in the in the podcast episode was like it's a relationship just like any relationship. And it's like if I screamed at Tim, my husband, and just totally went off the rails on him and like, you know, said hurtful things or, you know, blamed him or shamed him or, you know, told him, since you did that, I'm going to do this. If I didn't repair this, the situation or apologize or tried some in some way to remedy it, like, I don't think that our relationship would last very long. Right. You know? Yeah. So I love that perspective. I'm going to carry, I think that is a huge takeaway for me that like, this is a relationship just like any other relationship in my life. And I need to treat it with, you know, a similar, similar lens, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So that was super helpful. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Good job. It's hard to, it's hard to remember that sometimes yeah. with our kids and, and, you know, with our kids specifically, it's the the difference is and and why it's so triggering is because we can't just walk away from them like we can't just especially in the like the young years like we can't just like take a few weeks off and like a break from that friendship or that relationship like they are just showing up every day <laughs> every day you got to feed them and care for them <laughs> take them to school <laughs> But they're just, and they're just going to hit on your pain points until you release them. Like Mm -hmm. it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's good times being a parent. It really is. And I don't know if you're experiencing this. I've been talking about this a lot lately on our, the podcast episodes where we're catching up. It's like every stage is different and there are challenges. Like for instance, with like the infant stage, like will, like I'm not sleeping. Like, will I ever sleep again? Will I ever have like time alone? You know, all of these things that are challenging, like very real and very challenging. And then as, you know, we're getting into kind of almost like the preteen phase with my son, like that nine-ish age, Mm -hmm. like things get more complex. Like it goes from like, you know, if everyone's sleeping, but now it's like, really, am I messing up my child? Like, am I responding to his questions in the way that, like, am I helpful? Like, am I like how, you know, it's relational. It's like more mature. It's, it's challenging and like very new and honestly, like very difficult ways for me. Well, and the questions they ask, like, it's not like when they're younger, you can present it in more of a black and white way. And, Mm -hmm. and it just becomes more and more nuanced, more and more gray, less right and wrong. And more just like, Oh, this is, messy and here are the like 7,000 things we need to think about in this situation. Oh my gosh. It is so, so challenging. And you're so right. It's so messy and so nuanced. And it's like, they're so observant and it's things that you're like, how are you even like, (laughs) are we having this conversation right now? I'm not ready, but you know, you do your best and kind of muddle through it. And I don't know. I just... I all my heart goes out to all the parents who are in that particular season because 
it feels really like I don't want to say heavy, but it just feels very important. <laughs> like uh, I just there's no other way to describe it. But from like the parenting perspective, when things aren't black and white, it's it's more coming back to like trusting yourself and trusting your instincts. And if you do, you know, give them you know, bad information, or if you do lead them down a road, or if you, you know, respond to them in one way and then think later, oh no, maybe I should have said it this way. Like you're getting comfortable in that uncomfortable, unknown Mm -hmm. territory. And it's really, it really comes back to you trusting your ability to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Totally. And also when kind of going back to the apology thing. It's like anytime I have a particular conversation with like my son, for instance, you know, and I kind of muddle through it and then I go back and I think I should have said maybe this, I will go back in either that night or a different day, or I'll have my husband like have a separate conversation that kind of like seems like, Oh, it just came up. Like, I want to talk to this about you and kind of re get it like a redo almost be like, I know Mm -hmm. I said this, but I, what I really wanted to say was like, this not in a confusing way but like again like I don't get this right all the time (laughs) like but here is a new perspective on that question you just asked something to consider no I think that's 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 great and I feel like that's generally life right you're just figuring it out and things are nuanced and you can go back and have different discussions and redos and yeah that's totally and I think it also translates like when our kids inevitably get something like quote unquote wrong the first time or, you know, they mess up or they're less than perfect, which they're going to be. It's like, we've used it numerous times. Like, remember when like I messed up that one time and I came in and I apologized and you forgave me and like, you know, we remember that. And so it's just a way for us to also connect. Like, it's just showing them again that like, Hey, like I'm a mom and I'm, I'm 38 And I'm, you know, however, four or five times your age, like, and I still make mistakes and that's Mm -hmm. okay. For for particularly one of my kiddos, I think that that's very helpful because I do have one that's kind of like perfection oriented. I don't know. It's just like teaching by showing, right? Yeah. I was going to say, you're just modeling the behavior you want to see. And that's the best way to teach. Full circle there. I feel like that's such a great round out because again, it's like in those moments when you're going off the rails, like that might not be the most ideal situation, but how do you model like recovery? How do you model like a different way the next time this occurs? And again, like they're watching us, like they're (laughs) picking up everything that we're doing, not even just what we're saying, but like, again, how we're modeling our responses. And I think that's so important. 100%. (laughs) Okay. We're, we're rounding out on an hour. What else? I know we've touched on a lot of things here, but like, are there any other parting words or any other things you want to make sure that we chat about, like in regards to this topic before we wrap it up? No, I think, I think what you just said is like a great summary. Like just the, the failures and the mistakes are just part of the process and you're, yeah, it's not about the short game. It's like you're, you you want to play the long game. And it's not, you know, our kids learn just as much from those failing moments, mm. than those moments that we perceive as failure. That's just part of our learning process and our evolution and our relationship with our kids. So play the long game. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Keep moving forward. It's okay. Oh. I love that. I love that so much. I feel like I'm going to hear your voice in my head the next time the situation arises. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for all of this and your expertise and just sharing. I mean, just such a calm approach to this. I feel like I'm talking to my best friend, not necessarily like a, a person who's going to judge me for the, the mistakes that I've made. Yeah. And I just think that's so valuable. So I'm sure our listeners are wondering where to find you how to connect with you. Is there any like content that we can consume of yours that would be kind of like the next right step? So tell us where to find you and all those, the good things that you've got going. 
Parenting with Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, is my website. That's the best place to start. It has the link to my podcast, my book, The Positive Parenting Framework. And there's a free training on there on how to get your kids to listen without yelling threats or bribes. That is pretty good. So (laughs) definitely go check that out. I am definitely going to head on over there right after this and download it. Amazing. Again, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Bye, Lindsay. Bye. They don't know what to say. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.